Hello everyone. Welcome back to Bushwalker's Diary Season 2 Episode 4. Hopefully you guys are well. We have a new lockdown in Sydney unfortunately uh, because of COVID. So hopefully you guys whoever is in the vicinity is safe and taking care of themselves. So today I want to talk to you about a sport I have been uh, more involved recently this year completely and also last summer called canyoning. And you might hear a lot of people on my podcast and now onwards as well who are canyoners sharing their experiences as well. So today actually I wanted to talk to you about how I got into canyoning and what I like about it and uh, some tips and some a view to canyoning world for you from my perspective so i started canyoning many years ago and i think the first time i tried it was a commercial trip uh, i went with eagle rocks adventure and first canyoning trip i ever did was empress Funny enough back then I did not know there is a whole bunch of canyoners out there who do that this for fun every weekend pretty much for empress those who don't know much about the empress canyon is one pitch one long abseil and it's series of um places where you just walk in the water you put on your wetsuit and it's a very easy day out and if you're fast enough you can do it in a couple of hours doesn't take that long but i remember first time i got on the rope and the control was with this canyoning guide who was leading the trip i was petrified and you know you have this feeling you want to stand on your feet but they ask you to go 90 degrees angle to the rock and you have to plant your feet straight on the rock and lean back I found that was such a not a natural feeling. So I was scared like anything. I was like I don't know if I want to do this, you know. And back then I didn't have sail myself like so the guide actually have the control of your rope. They tell you to hold on to a rope upside down, but also they also control top belay. It's a term called where they actually have more control from the top while you're upsailing down. and i remember uh it was not that much water but it really scared me and it was the slipperiness and i had my runners on me so the shoes were not very stable on the ground it was a very different feeling to a point that it really makes you full of adrenaline rush back then i didn't do any canyoning so even a small canyon like empress brought me a lot of adrenaline rush i have to admit <laughs> and um, that was really good and then i think i signed up for another trip straight after you no know, thinking oh this is great this is how i want to feel every time i go out in the water you know and be on the rope so the second trip i did was um uh, i think i remember there was macquarie pass funny enough that was one of the very early trips so i don't have much memory apart from just trusting the guide most of the time and didn't know what i was doing didn't know where i was going uh, we jumped into this bus got into the hike 
hiked up to the start of the waterfall wherever the commercial trips start and yeah just just enjoying the moment and being scared and not knowing how it's gonna go and hoping the guy knows what he's doing and so that was the beginning of my abseiling and canyoning time because after doing this commercial trips i was already hooked to canyoning i knew it's a great sport i knew i wanted to do with more canyons but having said that, commercial canyons are quite expensive. I think I spent two to three hundred dollar each trip, and not something I was ready to spend every weekend. And uh, by then, I was also part of Sydney Bushwalking Club, and uh, I realized they also do canyoning. And pretty much apart from having your own gear, because club provides the rope, you can actually go on canyoning and not pay a couple of hundred dollar. I was like, yeah that's what I would like to do and um, the, if somebody doesn't know the club has any club you join for canyoning you usually have quite experienced and quite trained people to lead the trips you can't just become a canyoning leader if you don't have the skills so that was something I felt very comfortable going out with the leaders in the club I was part of and uh, that's how I started going on regular trips I would say it's still not every weekend, once a month or once few times a season when I started. So I still remember Breakfast Creek Canyon when it rained and on the way out, usually you can, it's a big uh, rock, slab rock where you can just walk up. But we had like around 10 people or more and uh, a lot of them were not comfortable because the rock was very slippery and if you fall, you fall into like, off the cliff so you'll make have some serious damage to your body if you do fall so we did this canyon in the rain and try to come out of this we had this slab where the leader had to go up and put a rope for everyone else and uh, pretty much everybody was like by this time cold waiting and also like shaky so I let everybody else go I was the last person and funny enough while waiting in the rain I realized I was ten I tended to get really cold myself because initially I was very comfortable and quite confident thinking oh I'm very fit I'll be fine but it's funny how cold can sneak up on you if you don't actually uh, look out for yourself so uh, by the last person I was really holding on the rope and shaking a lot I still have this picture of me smiling and every time I look at this picture I think oh my god that so doesn't show how I felt that moment because I had a bigger smile on my face but the reality was I had just come up this slab and I was just trying to climb over this ledge and I was really really cold and I was hoping I don't let go of the rope you know because it wasn't attached to me I was just using it as a hand line and I was so scared but the picture came great looking like I'm having so much fun which I did rest of the day but not at that point when the picture was taken all soaking wet and uh, miserable weather and I think uh, we came out and uh, we were supposed to do another canyon that uh, next day and a guy arrived when we finished the canyon he arrived for the next day and he told us that there is a lot of snow on the way uh, he he was driving he saw so much pile of snow snow on the side of the road and uh, that brought the fact home that is quite cold 
and everybody was i think they were planning to camp out uh, at barco swamp or somewhere in the area where there's not much facility and everybody was quite wet at this point so call me a wuss but I actually signed out of the trip i thought that I've done a one day trip. It's been great, but we are all wet and miserable and I, back then I didn't have the right gear either, I think. Didn't have the right set of camping gear that would have kept me warm enough. So I went home and I was quite uh, feeling a bit of a feeling a bit left out and feeling a bit sad that oh I you know, I canceled the trip halfway. I'm not doing the second day. But funny enough, after I talked to the leader and a couple of people later on, I found out they actually tended uh, they ended up um, going to a hut somewhere to stay the overnight and they also end up canceling the next day trip because everybody was cold and miserable. So having said that, uh, I think I didn't feel as bad <laughs> later on after I found out nobody got the did the trip so i thought i made the right decision uh it's uh, you know they say that it's uh, being miserable in the group it's better than being miserable alone <laughs> i know it's a bit selfish but that's how i felt that point i was like okay i didn't miss any trip and so yeah that was one of the vivid memories from my early canyoning time and uh, that's how i realized slowly slowly all the hard work i put in canyoning brought me so much joy and i really like the camaraderie of the trip like because everybody try to help each other and as they say you're as fast as your weakest link you know so you have to make sure everybody's together everybody's safe in a canning environment you work as a team if anybody get injured is the whole team that has to look after them or uh it slows everybody down if you like not looking after some people and they're slow they're not enjoying so the idea is either you go with people at your own pace or you work in even in that um environment you always work as a team and that kind of really got me addicted the feeling of this camaraderie the feeling of looking after each other and you work together teamwork So I'll come home feeling like I've hung out with a bunch of people who are, who became my friend at the end of the day because you get to know people very well in a canyoning environment. Uh like when you go bushwalking, you probably you know walk on your own pace sometime, you're in your own head, you sometimes chat, but you you have a lot of lot of opportunity just to just be quiet and stay in your head and sometimes it's hard to work as a team because you're in a linear position whereas in a canyoning you you're doing rope rigging you helping each other coming down a a difficult part or climb up when at the end of the day if you're climbing out of a canyon you're waiting for people you're having lunch together you you sharing all these moments where you have to trust people in your team and that's what I'm going to talk about next because I have done a lot of club trips and i also have done a lot of private trips and there's a pros and cons of both i am really thankful to have done so many canyons with my club sydney bushwalking club so i've been member of the club 
as long probably as I've been lived in Australia, almost nine years. So I've been in Australia 10 years. And I think I joined SBW at the very first year of being here. Then I probably had a break of two years or so. So and then I was away for two years. So probably six years or so, seven years. Uh, but yeah, once I found they actually do a lot of canyons as well, because I used to only do bushwalks with them and I have done some amazing bushwalks with some of the amazing leaders in SBW. But then I started getting into more into canyoning. So every time I had opportunity, uh, I will go bushwalking, but I will also choose canyoning in the summer. So I end up starting to have this rhythm of canyoning where I got... Uh, I started from simple ones like fortress and jugglers and then I end up doing some harder ones as I mentioned coachwood breakfast which is a medium level canyon but back then I was a beginner you have to think about and that was hard for me hard in the sense like if there is a tricky climb down or tricky abseil so we'll come to talk about what are the technical abseils what are the non-technical abseils and I remember in 2018 so I left for my trip big trip around the world in July 2018 and right before that trip on one of the weekends I did one of the biggest canyon back then for me in my canyon uh, career which was Kanangra main via the slot why it was the biggest because there were some very long drops like 50 to 60 meters i had probably never done that long drops before and the amount of water i saw and it's a long day can take up to 10 to 12 hours so we started very early so we drove to kenangra on friday had dinner there did camp uh in the campsite and the very next morning i think six or seven o'clock we left for the canyon we came back quite early, like way before dark, around four o'clock or something. But I have to say the leader who was leading, he had a very efficient system. There's a term called leaf frogging. So what happens is people, most of the people carry ropes. So you rig one anchor and people abseil down on that. And the other people who have rope goes first, go first and they rig the next anchor. So this way, while other people are abseiling, there's a next anchor being rigged and the people at the back bring the rope and so on forth so that was a very efficient day but I still remember I was quite fit, fit back then but apart from fitness I don't think I had much technical knowledge because in canyoning you can do double rope which is just throw and go it's a term means you just rig the rope you don't have you go on both ropes and uh, there is no setting of length at the anchor is a midway rope and there is an Another way which is used more in caving is called SRT, single rope technique. So now I'm more getting technical and doing more technical stuff. But back then it was just throw and go for me. And uh, I also remember I was not very confident if nobody's belaying me, I'll have to put a pressing knot. And on my very first abseil, I still remember the leader shouting at me, what's taking you so long? And it, it was that my pressing was very tight. So I was really struggling to move it down as I was... Uh, abseiling down so it took me forever to get down because I was too scared so I made my pressing loop too many loops and it was really tight and uh, yeah I was just like every time I looked down I needed to see somebody because it was it felt so high back then uh, I was getting into canyoning but I wasn't so experienced so for me 
it took me a while to get used to the height uh, and I have to tell you guys a lot of people think if you work if you have a sports that you like which works with heights and stuff you're very comfortable with height but I'm not like I would wouldn't want to be on the ledges looking down if it's a very big height without any safety line and which is another thing we can talk about safety canyoning is a great sport but just like any other sport it has its own dangers you have to look after yourself and you have to follow the basic protocols which you learned at the very beginning and a lot of people tend to just ignore that thinking oh I know what I'm doing I'll be all right I'm just standing on the next to the anchor next to the ledge and it's a 50 meters drop but I feel pretty comfortable because my feet are quite you know study on the ground but it's not just that it could be like somebody else can knock you over it could be like uh, a big rock comes down and you know knock you over the edge there's a lot more other elements in the environment when you you put yourself into outdoors so anyways we will talk about probably safety in um, in a bit so in that day I remember so we back to Canangra main while the slot canyon day I remember there was one point while everybody was leapfrogging I get to this area and I didn't see anyone so some people are in the back we were six I think that day some people in the back trying to take down the rope some people in the front probably rigging a anchor somewhere but now I'm in the middle and I don't see anyone in the back I don't see anyone in the front and I'm like where do I go and there's a big five ten meter drop and there are some holes in the rocks here and there but I have no clue where to go so there is that's another way how to read a canyon which I know much better now as compared to back then so I'm just thinking where is everybody gone and where must and I'm looking for anchor okay I'm up sailing down something but where is the anchor so I had to after looking for a bit I found you there is a handline under a rock and to my right and I have to like lean in and then I have to just squeeze into this hole and that's when I found this uh, hand line so and I'm just thinking and I was a bit anxious too thinking how can they leave me alone you know that I don't know the canyon I'm new here so I'm having this self-pity moment <laughs> and getting annoyed thinking oh I'm so, I, I, I've been put in the danger zone nobody to- told me what to do now so back then I have to say there's a term I recently learned in this season called passenger so back then I was a passenger I relied on other people so I was not an independent canyoner so he couldn't just leave me alone and expect me to do the right thing, you know. I was in that mode back then. Quite brave, and sometimes brave to the term of stupidity, I would say. But not efficient or uh, self-sufficient in a sense of self-rescue if something goes wrong. So I relied on other people. Anyways, so I get to the next drop, and then there is like a, this a bit of a traverse, and then... I think it was the second last uh, upset, a long one, and everybody somehow end up together there, and they asked me to take this rope bag with me, and they asked me to hook it on my waist, uh, like in my harness, on, around my waist, and they're like, oh, yeah, there you go, and I was just thinking, oh my god, I'm the first person, there's nobody down to belay me, and they trust me with the rope, I don't even know what I'm doing. But they seem to trust me what I'm doing. 
So anyways, I didn't want to look like um, a coward. So I said, okay, I'll take the rope down, 60 meter drop only. So thankfully it didn't land in the water. It was in the dry land. So I upsailed down and first time experience 260 meter ropes, how it feels. And especially when the bag is hanging off your waist, you kind of, I felt a bit lopsided at some point because I put it on the side and not in the middle of my harness so again back then I did not know all these changes you can do and you know hang it hang the rope bag in the middle instead of the side did not know the loop gear was not rated for heavy stuff so anyways I get down and so and so we do the whole canyon we come out and also coming out of that is a murdering gully which is a renowned place uh, where you can throw a lot of rocks it's a lot of loose rocks under your foot so when you come out you actually end up launching a lot of rocks so the guy in the very back poor guy he was complaining the whole way that we launched a lot of rocks on him and he almost had a near misses with the rocks so yeah advice don't go in the straight fire a straight line when you're hiking up just scattered around and always like keep your helmet on but yeah, that was an uneventful day, thankfully, and it was it became a very good memory because right after that, I think I left the country for two years to travel. But Kailang Main, where the slot is a place I would like to go back again. You know what a beautiful thing about talking about your experiences which I personally find is you start reliving those memories. Like when I was telling you about Kelang, uh, sorry, Kenangra, I was also thinking about it. I was reliving the day and because I had such an awesome adventure, I, I could actually feel that rush. I could remember every detail, little details of the day. And it's a it's a kind of a very beautiful feeling reliving your memories like that. So now coming back to this year, so I had a bit of a break for canyoning. Uh, uh overall, I would say I've been canyoning for let's say a couple of years. Um, but I only started taking can canyoning as my main sport and being super passionate about it this last summer 2020 summer when it started and uh, ever since this year I think I remember apart from a lot of rain reasons or COVID most of the weekends I've spent doing canyoning and I've come a long way I have to admit and uh, couldn't have done without some people's help who let me rig the rope anchors let me take care of rope and slowly slowly have now I own all my own gear I've I own a lot of ropes and uh, with some amazing people I have done some amazing canyons this uh, whole summer and because it's now winter I think my season is still going <laughs> to a point that um, now that COVID is happening so the few trips start to get cancelled otherwise I was thinking this winter is going to merge to next season and so my season will be like a year long or longer after this so uh, talking of skills, so when I was 
gone to travel for two years. So I was away from July 2018 to March 2020, traveling around in Europe, Middle East, Asia, and then COVID hit. So I had to come back to Australia. And when I came back, I realized I had lost all my confidence to be on the rope and, and also to be on the rock. Whether it was climbing or canyoning. And I had lost a lot of fitness during this time too. I had hiking fitness because I did a lot of multi-day hikes. And I crossed Switzerland on foot for like a whole month. I walked across the country. So I had built fitness but then I had a break while I was traveling. I'll be just traveling from cities to cities while I'm not doing a lot. So in this process I had lost the kind of fitness you need for canyoning, climbing, whereas in also, uh, I had also lost my confidence. So the only canyoning I did while I was traveling was um, a few commercial trips. So uh, I think first of them was in Slovenia. I canyoned in Slovenia in a commercial group, which was just amazing because Slovenia is a very beautiful country if you have never been. And then I got one of my friends from Sydney to come and travel with me for a bit. Uh, and because we were do, do, both doing Dolomite hikes, so uh, we decided to do some canyoning before that. So we did some canyoning in Austria and then Italy. And the canyoning experience there is a lot different. I'm thinking it's quite similar to New Zealand because of the water, because of the alpine environment and the rock. But it's not even close to what we do in Blue Mountains or around Sydney. So, anyways, um, yeah, so that was only a bit of a canyoning I did with my trip. And because I was traveling for almost two years, I didn't have money to fork out for all the commercial trips. Even though I went to some of the countries, I could have done some canyoning. But towards the end, I was running out of money. So when I came back, it was, I felt like it's almost been two years since I had done proper canyoning with, uh, you know, club trips or private trips. And then... I remember thinking I need to go back to Grand, which is one abseil in a very easy canyon or Empress before I can get back into uh, get back on the horse and or I, I would say start canyoning again, you know. So and then I had a few injuries, back injuries, um, so I had some ankle injuries that didn't help either to that's another reason I lost some confidence. I wasn't sure how my body's gonna take all these being on the rock, be, being on the rope. So I remember doing, I think the first one I signed up for, uh, trying to think, yeah, I think I signed up for a SBW trip, Fortress. And um, I'd went on that trip. It felt good because I was surrounded by leaders and it took me a while to get my confidence back. Then I did Juggler in a private group. Then I did Grand and I think I did Empress right after Fortress with the half of the group in the trip, in the club. And because we just decided, oh, we got some time left, let's go and do another canyon and we did Empress. So that was a crash course I was like, I did to get my confidence back and doing some easy canyons where I knew the abseils are not tricky. I can just get on the rope and people will wait for me or they will belay me. Uh, so in that sense, I was quite comfortable restarting my canyoning. And right after that, I think I remember 
signing up for a four-day canyoning trip around Barco Swamp with SBW as well with my club and doing four canyons in a row and tr- I try to st- I try to be a bit fitter before that because I knew four days of canyoning long days is gonna to be quite hard if I'm not fit enough so I tried my best to do some exercise and start getting into fitness and then I was in Barcoson because back then I didn't have a job I was still looking for a job and during COVID it was getting really hard to find a job uh, and um, yeah hence I had four days uh, to actually go canyoning I really enjoy the experience of canyoning uh, those four days because, first of all, I was able to do a bit harder canyons. So I think we started, uh, we did uh, breakfast, coachwood, closet, and gala. And gala is one of my favorite now because of the drops. And you do a lot of walking, but once you get into the abseiling bit, there's like abseils one after another. It's like, and it's quite beautiful as well. And we were doing one day, I remember, that was my third day. And uh, I was feeling quite comfortable with my in my skin, comfortable with abseiling. And I was very happy with my fitness level because this is my third day and I'm still going. Uh, but there comes a point where your body like, gives up, you know. It's like it had enough. So that was the third day in the sense that we had already done one big canyon. And we decided, because we were getting back to the campsite 3 o'clock every day or 2 o'clock, some ridiculously early hours, uh, the other two guys with me, we were only three people, because not everybody can take four days off when we're working. So we were only three people that day, and two of them decided, how about we keep going down the creek and do another canyon and another canyon. So we went down the creek, which is a long way from whichever canyon we were doing that day on the Rocky Creek. So Rocky Creek is quite a big creek and it's very long. And if you keep going down, there comes a section when you float. There comes a section where you go around the bush and there are a lot of bouldering. You have to, you know, climb over the boulders and go down the narrow holes. So all of that, this is our third day. So Rocky Creek wise was still good. And then you enter Rocky Creek Canyon. So we're reversing it. Lots of swimming. And that's when I realized, I think in that trip that I had a backpack which didn't have any holes. It was a regular bushwalking pack. And it wasn't very good for canyoning because every time you come out of Rocky Creek and you stand somewhere, all this water, so your legs like ache because you like suddenly you have put on like 10 to 15 kg of water stuff because you've got your back full of stuff and then you got all this water in it too so you really struggle getting up getting out of these pools and I was like okay that was first thing I thought I need to get a new backpack so we're doing Rocky Creek Canyon reverse so so far we've done a big canyon then Rocky Creek walking and then Rocky Creek Canyon so now I'm ready to hit head back to the campground but somehow the other two guys missed telling me they had planned another canyon reverse, which is called Twister. So normally, if you do Twister normal normal way, like descended, you actually jump a lot more than climbing up. But when you do Twister, if any of you have done Twister, it's a very friendly, beginner-friendly canyon. So I would recommend it if you've never been into canyon. It's a lot of fun, splash, but do it in summer because it can get really cold in winter. So we had to traverse Twister. And I'm just thinking, 
I'm not sure if I'm ready. And the people I was with, one of them were very fast, very efficient and very strong. So he keeps walking. We get out of Rocky Creek Canyon. I was thinking, oh, I'll take off my wetsuit. But no, because there were some other people there. So the other guy decided, oh, let's keep going. We'll get to the start of Twister. And I just did not remember how far the entry of the Twister was. Or let's say exit, because we were reversing it. So I end up falling in my wetsuit and it's a bit of a hike and it's been a long day and I'm huffing and puffing and in my wetsuit I'm getting hot and bothered to a point that I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do I really want to do this? I think I'm done. It's my third canyon of the third day, you know. So even I wasn't very excited to do this any canyons in a day and also it's already been third day so my body was taking a bit of a workout anyways and so we get to the bottom of twister if you have done twister the thing is at the very last bit of twister where we were supposed to start reversing is a massive deep pool but to get over that you have to climb over this route overhanging bit so practically you're just using your foot for balance and you have to use your all your upper body strength to pull yourself up the route and it's like a it's almost like a ceiling climbing so a few years ago when I was doing a lot of climbing I was fit and I could do all these climbs easy but coming now I was fit enough to do canyoning all day but I wasn't fit enough to climb up this route so I'm trying I'm hanging off this route so other two guys have climbed up. They're waiting for me. I'm holding on to this route and I'm just hanging there. And I just had no strength left, I realized. I was like, if I let go, I'm going to fall into the pool. Which is not a bad thing. But when you're so tired, you don't want to get in and out of the pool because you have to literally push yourself out of the pool because there is no ledge to get like walk out. So you have to literally hold on to the side and jump out of the water. <sighs> anyway, so... Even thinking about it makes me still tired <laughs> because the way I felt that day. And I just like telling guys like, can I just go back to Rocky Creek Canyon and exit the other way? Because there was a bushwalking way to exit. And they were like, no, 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 you can do it. And this one guy suggested they can hold me up. Finally, they decide to give it a go. And uh, if you have been to Twister, um, you remember around the pool there is a slab of rock which is quite vertical and it's leaning in a way that it's in an angle as well to the from the bottom to the top so they decided if I get get into the slab they can hold me up with the help of the slab so all I had to do cross the pool get on this slab which is a bit of a funny awkward climb and squeeze myself into the like a narrow section of the slab between the wall and the slab uh, and uh, just wait for them to you know pull me up so I'm just thinking this sounds like a very bad idea because I feel like I'm gonna be like a potato sack being carried up this slab but anyways if they said they have done it with a very heavy guy in past one time so I'm trusting their abilities to do that but the problem is, once I get there, you have to be either tall enough to get a bit higher, which I'm not, or you should be able to somehow stick to the rock because they're pulling from a 45-degree angle. If they pull too soon, you pretty much swing out into the pool. 
and not that you're going to damage anything but feeling of swinging out into the unknown is not comfortable especially i knew there's no like a police system or anything going on it's just the people trying to haul me up with their body weight and you know with their just muscle power so first time they tried i swing out and i just fell back into the pool <laughs> going like oh i just so feel ridiculous this is like i'm i feel like a potato sack and people are trying to carry me up you know oh gosh that was the first time i felt like i was being hauled but but without a hauling system just people are just pulling me up and it was just ridiculous like at that point i did not appreciate it and um, laughed at my situation but i had looking back it was just so funny so i thought bugger this i should just give it another try of climbing but what i did is this time i asked them to topple me just in case i let go of the route or i don't have a strength to just stay on i don't lose the progress i've made by climbing so this time they put me on a topple i put my harness back on just like climbing and i pretty much climbed out <laughs> but i was by this time i was quite exhausted <laughs> with all these efforts of trying to get over this route i know it sounds ridiculous but back when i wasn't or even now i think i've lost the climbing fitness because i haven't been climbing for a while and uh, and i'm blaming covid for sure <laughs> because of covid i couldn't be fit you know i have to stay home and can't go to the gym anyways i think i've cried long enough in name of covid that i'm not fit enough i can't give covid an excuse anymore so i'm trying to get healthier now slowly slowly so anyways uh coming back to twister <clears throat> so i thought this is it i've done the hardest bit it's going to be okay but then i realized there is a series of climb out like a bit of a and not as bad as this but there's still a bit more climbing left and uh, there some of them are not on top of a water so if you fall you're going to seriously hurt yourself it, even if it's like 2 3 meter but if you slip and the problem was with me at this time my body is just exhausted has not much resource left of energy i can walk but i can't climb or i can't just do heavy work you know so last few climbs and by the time i got out of the canyon i think i was so tired the guy was just getting changed and you know sitting there having a chat and i just didn't have anything left in me to even talk i just walked out and found myself as quiet place to you know uh, <laughs> have a bit of a self pity and um crying going on not, not literally crying but i was quite like sad for myself <laughs> and yeah after that day i thought it was just me but another guy the leader also said before twister it was just in a good place but after twister we were both quite wrecked and the other guy who wanted to do all of this i think he was hardly tired even <laughs> and that's the thing is like if you go with people who are super fit you never know what kind of challenge you're up to but we end up doing fourth day as a gala that was really good some interesting things happened with my devices and stuff but for another time yeah so that was my four day comeback into kenning last summer and uh, then i had a big trip during christmas six days in a row so yeah yeah i know i was up for a challenge and i was sick like a dog right before that trip 
I think because I got some cold or something, they sent me for COVID testing. Turned out nothing wrong, but nobody gave me any medicine either, so I was still sick, bedridden for days and days. But to say why I did that six-day trip was because I couldn't just stay home. I was already sick at home, working from home. And I couldn't stand being alone in Christmas, after Christmas, and just, you know, just stay home. So I wanted to be in the nature. For my uh, point of view was, if I'm in the nature, even if I can't do any canyon, at least I'll be among friends, I'll be camping out in the nature. It would help heal me anyways. So that was the idea. On the way there, I didn't feel that was a correct choice, though. Yes, I felt a bit sick on the car there. Even the car journey to Mount Wilson was a bit hard for me. But having said that, I think I'm one of those people who suck energy from the environment. Like, because I really felt energetic right after I got there. I saw all these familiar faces and I was just so happy that my body felt, my spirit, my body, my mind, everything felt better. And I was on a Kenyan the next day, and I was doing Kenyan six days in a row. We did have to change our lot of plans because it was raining constantly to a point that first day it was sunny as, it was beautiful. Made a mistake of leaving my mattress all inflated so it blew up. <sighs> Things you learn, you know, by mistake and losing some of the money and your expensive gear. <laughs> and then um, the rest of the day it rained. So I had this tent because, as I explained, I was traveling for two years. A mistake I made before that was selling one of my really good tent, a couple of hundred dollar tent, uh, Big Agnes, which is now six to seven hundred dollar. I sold it thinking, oh, I'll come back. I'll have a great job and I'll upgrade my gear, which didn't happen, <laughs> obviously. And um, I was dreaming, of course. And then when I came back, I got given this really old tent, 20 years plus old tent to a point that... The walls of the tent were so thin when it was raining. It's the water start coming in. So on my second or third day, I think, I start feeling in the night. I could feel the my sleeping bag is a bit wet. And my feet are wet. And I'm just like so tired after these canyons thinking, do I get up or do I stay in bed? It will go away. I'll somehow fall asleep, you know. So I stayed in bed. <laughs> and uh, I fell asleep and uh, I got up in the morning thinking oh that was a cold night and wet night so I took my tent and somebody had a gazebo so I hung my uh, sorry not tent um, my sleeping bag I hung my sleeping bag in there uh, gazebo to dry it a bit because it was quite moist and quite wet in the bottom and went for another Kenyan. And then every day that was the routine. I will hang my sleeping bag because it's a down bag and it was raining every day. So there was no chance of it getting any any better. We did try to move my tent under the trees and put some tarpy thing with a lot of holes in it. So the water doesn't straight away come to my tent. It kind of helped, but it was just like the most soggy and wet six days I felt. Five out of six. To a point that I think in the last, we cancelled the last day and thought of going home. And I must say, I love canyoning so much that I never thought I'll see a day where I wanted to go home. <laughs> but that was it. That, that was the day I wanted to go home. I wanted to have like a 
good hot shower because I was wet and cold every morning. I wake up in the canyoning campground and put all these wet clothes. <laughs> because I don't have a car, so I carry minimum possible gear, a minimum possible clothes. So I only had one pair at the end of the trip to get changed into, but for every day I didn't actually have clothes to change. So I just put on all these wet clothes and because it was raining, so people were changing the decision to stay safe, uh, which canyon we should do. So I'll get ready like 7 which or 7.30 if we had a plan to go 8. And people would be mucking around, people would be deciding till 9, let's say. So I'm walking around in my wet gear for an hour, thankfully it was summer. <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, can we just get a move on? Because once you start moving, even with wet clothes, you can stay warm. But it's just like, yeah, it was just like, after six day of cannoning, I was like, I really need a warm, dry bed, a warm shower, and some new clothes. Yeah, huh. I think that was an epic cannoning week for me, I have to say. And I, we came home, I was just like so happy. <laughs> Every weekend I like coming back home because you get all these simple things, simple luxuries of life you don't realize. Like getting a hot shower, getting a proper meal, and going to your bed, a better bed than campsite, and having a dry bed. It was like, oh my god, so good. <laughs> well, it was, those of you who haven't experienced that feeling, it's hard to explain. But it's like you put yourself through this hard time, and then when you come back to normal, it feels so much more amazing. And that's what I also experienced when I was traveling too. Because I was sometime at people's couches, sometime I wouldn't have a way to clean my clothes, like don't have a laundry for a week or two. So I'm carrying around all these bags of laundry I have to do, smelly clothes. <sighs> so there's the simple things in life you don't appreciate. If you remove yourself a little bit from it, you get the appreciation back in your life for the things. Uh, but I, I still say... I love canyoning and I would never give up as long as I'm physically able. It it takes you to some amazing places. It, it gives you the stories to tell, you know. If everything goes wrong, that's a great day. If something doesn't go, go right and you live to tell the tale and it's still a great day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing spot and, and that's why I'm so hooked on canyoning because... The people you meet, the friends you make in a canyon, and this amazing time. I also compare it to some time like meditation because when you're in the rope, when you're walking through a canyon, it's really hard to not think about your current present. The same in meditation, you think about present, you know. And that's what exactly what you do when you're canyoning. You are in the present. You're watching every move, every place you put your foot on. Because it would be slippery when you can on the rope. You're always making sure everything is correct. Everything is tucked away out of your rope's way. So yeah, it's it's a complete relaxation as well as like a meditation. For me, every weekend is like a, it refreshes me and uh, it regenerates me. <laughs> Thank you.
So that those were some of the stories from my canyoning experience, guys. Thank you so much for sharing those experiences with me. Because as I'm retelling the tales, I feel like I was transported back in time to relive those memories. Some of the best I have. And uh, I'm thinking, looking at time, I think I need to finish this episode here. But I'll be quite keen to do part two on The Rope with Kavita. Uh, another episode talking about canyoning because there's so many stories I've got to share. There's so many things, for example, like navigation in the dark or getting lost in a canyon. Trying to find the start of a canyon because canyons in Australia are quite different as compared to somewhere in Europe or New Zealand. So just comparing the different differences and also how do you make friends to go out and do canyoning with? Uh, I think I also mentioned the pros and cons of canyoning uh, with the club as compared to private group. So I was thinking to do some of uh, analysis and also do some discussion over it in the next episode uh, along with some skill level if you want to get started in canyoning how can you get yourself into uh, this sport so uh, but thank you so much for tuning in guys bush to bushwalkers diary i'm really glad to be uh, here sharing these stories of mine with you and uh, list- i would be more than glad to hear your feedback it's always valuable from our audience so please let me know message me on anchor or if you know me personally through facebook or instagram Uh, and if you want to be interviewed please also do let me know i'm always keen to interview people to share your stories because all of you have also have so much more experience in different areas doesn't have to be in canyoning it could be in any other area and i just like the fact to get to know people through this ep- these episodes as well because every time i interview someone or talk to someone for an episode uh, for the podcast i also get to know them better and i also get to know some things about them i did not know including my friends so all right thank you so much i'll say goodbye here and stay safe and i'll be back with the new episode bye bye